Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio Community News for the month of... April. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Joining me tonight are Dave. Say hello, Dave. <laughs> hello. And Colin. How are you, Colin? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. This is your first time on the Community News. It is, and given that the first show that I took part on was uh, Pokey's um, Audio Book Club, this may well be the first episode that goes out that I'm on. Ah, that's... No, his will go out first because for many different reasons. Anyway... For those of you just joining, uh, or who have just joined Hacker Public Radio in the last month or so, um, community news is the thing that we do every month, just to give you an idea of what was going on in and around the HPR community. HPR community being all the people who listen to it, as opposed to all the people who are on the back end working feverishly, which um, are more people than you think. And... Um, as HPR is a peer-driven community, meaning you're, if you're listening, you're supposed to be contributing in one way or another at least one show a year. Um, this gives you an idea of what's happening on the mailing list where most of the stuff goes on. But first, one of the things that we like to do is to welcome new hosts. And as I traditionally butcher them, I'll pass that over to Dave and Colin. Right. Remember to push to talk, Dave. Um, yes, this this month, so April's um, new hosts are X1101, which I have always stumble over because the numbers jumble in my head. But uh, I think he also has difficulty saying it, judging from the shows I've heard. Um, and John Duart, I think he pronounces it, knee on the end, but Duart, I think. Very good. And we're not we're doing something slightly different from this month on with the hosts in that we're only putting in the hosts once their show has been aired. Up until now we've been adding new hosts, but we've got an amazing new script that does the community news show notes, which saves an awful lot of time and hassle. Thank you, Dave, for that. You're very welcome. And we'll be expanding on that later on um, as well. But first things that we like to do is go through some of the shows that we that were on last month and uh, just have a little chat about them, give them some love. So the first show was OSI Layer 3, which was a breakdown um of the OSI model and network communications with an example of layer three, giving particular focus on geographically diverse host addressing. Um, in this case, we were focusing mostly on the uh, telephone system. So what did you all think of this show? It, uh, yes, I like the joke. I like the joke. Yes. It, <laughs> it, um, it was not, it was actually quite fun to listen to as well. I thought I like the uh, the asides that some people inserted into their their reading of phone books. It was uh, it was quite funny the professional services as opposed to the non professional. <laughs> 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 uh, Pokey was a Pokey who managed to give actual interesting. Uh, he was reading off actually area co- or zip codes, was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Had I, I thought that a while. It, would have, it would have been something useful, mine was just all the various different uh, variations of Pokey's name in some <laughs> fictitious village in Ireland. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I listened to the episode all, all the way through, and every five minutes I'd be thinking, "What is going on?" It was um, it was it was quite good to to listen to. It was quite interesting in parts. I liked the extra bits that were thrown in um, that were quite interesting but I kept coming to it thinking is, is there a code in this that I need to be trying to work out <laughs> yeah exactly it's been a long-standing tradition if you go back to the first of uh, April episodes uh, on Hacker Public Radio there's always been um, we've always done something at, at least when it falls on a weekday we've done something um, the first one I think was the show was just played in reverse so um, the pre-processes and and they're all still up there uh, if you want to uh, if you want to go and get them and the best one was uh, was Dave Yates's um, uh, many of you probably don't rem- new people uh, Dave Yates had a 
podcast and he did it on his commute into work uh, and the tagline was he was driving 90 miles an hour down the freeway and then uh, he's given a nice episode on X11 configuration and then at the end you hear the car veer off and explode <laughs> that was a good show that's where the keep it between the ditches comment came from that was the one where he didn't presumably presumably yeah uh, last year we had the um, the OSI layer 2 which was the Morse code uh, reading of the Wikipedia article and uh, we got two shows out of that but this year was um, a thing has come up on HPR that uh, you know especially on the community news that they're they are such a good host that you could hear them you could listen to them reading a phone book and hence that's where uh, the origins of this one came from it was actually quite funny one of the uh, one of the chaps on the name no names on the news uh, news group um, was doing an ongoing discussion about uh, <laughs> I expected an OSI layer three, but all I hear is some people uh, reading out the phone book. So there's a bit of toing and froing, and thankfully nobody uh, let the cat out of the bag, and eventually he twigged it himself. So all uh, uh, yeah, good show, and thanks to everybody who uh, contributed to that. So let's move on. Um, the following day, we had the second part in Batteries by Mr. X. Um, this is on my uh, on my referral list, to be honest. If you haven't yeah. listened to episode one, um, go back and before you buy any batteries or charges, go back and listen to episode one. Uh, very, very good episode. It made me realize listening to, to this and the previous one how many devices I probably killed by by not not uh, treating the batteries properly. Um, so it's uh, I think everybody should be well aware and of the, this sort um, of stuff. Oddly enough, it was this uh, episode was one that I was really looking forward to after after the first one, and uh, some of the things he just talks about in between um, some of the sections were referring to some of the equipment that he's got as. Um, really quite interesting absolutely i was actually <laughs> they're doing some renovation work in work and i heard one of the contractors going rrr, 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 and he kept at it <laughs> i was on my way down to go don't do that you're going to kill the battery <sighs> anyway right shall we move on um what's on my podcast player and if you go to this episode, you'll see that there's an icon now for the uh, podcast recommendations series. It's a bit ugly, so I am calling upon the CSS experts. Please, please come and help me make this prettier. Thank you. Oh, I don't think it's that bad. Ken. It's got nice blue to it. I'm looking at it right now. It uh, the, the icon's job. fine, but the positioning is crud. So, yes, we need uh, we need our team of crack CSS experts. <laughs> to Sandy Gallet. You know who you are. The following day was 1480 Continuous Ink Supply System and this was an episode requested on uh, that I came across this was something that I came across on uh, it was by myself came across on IRC and uh, somebody had mentioned in there about Continuous Ink Supply Systems and I had never used them and uh, oddly enough on the very day that this um, aired it had been in the reserve queue for a while, but on the day that this aired, my ink system, which had been running for over a year and a half, um, one of the ink cartridges went dodgy, even though the thing was full. So I went and got the syringe and reprimed it, and uh, it's been printing fine ever since. It's still printing fine on the one thing. It's, if you don't have a continuous ink supply system and you do have children, you should seriously consider getting one. Good yeah, advice, I, Kent. So yeah, absolutely. How long has it been running for then? If it's been in the re- in the re- um, reserve queue for a while, how long have you been running the system? Oh, about a year, at least a year, because I got it from my oh. sons uh, a year and a half now, and there's still about half all the all the containers still about half full. And believe me, I printed a three sheets on this uh, t-shirts for um, for Og Camp actually as well. Um, I printed. Um, you know, just loads of stuff for laminating and, you know, loads of, uh, for birthday parties for kids, colouring, drawing things, and you just don't need to think about it, you just print, 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 print. 
sounds fantastic. I'll have to give it a look. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want the same for uh, for laser printers. <laughs> yeah. A, a continuous look. toner system, please. <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> Good luck um, with that. Can I just say before, uh, that um, I'm, I mean, examples of one of the really, um, sorry, uh, excellent examples of um, show notes. The show notes on here with um, the text, the links, and the YouTube videos are really comprehensive. Uh, thank you very much. No problem. It just really helps in terms of picking it up and actually going through it. It's really handy for someone to then pick up and look into it and maybe replicate what you've done there, Ken. Yes, as um, this is this, I think uh, I like all the shows to have show notes like this. But this one particularly, I do tend to do stuff for myself, and I know that um, my target audience is me because I forget stuff. So if I document it properly, then I can go back and get it. So in actual fact, when they when the ink ran out, I went back to this page and then uh, was able to to play the video and uh, just have a print. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. But the, even if you're not into continuous ink supply systems, I think there is something there on how to pick a printer regardless. Um, you know, what functions do you want? Will it work on Linux? Will it really work on Linux? And then uh, it, that pretty much goes for any piece of kit that you, that you want to get. Yeah, it's oh. good advice. Okay, the next day in our privacy and security series, and the CSS really highlights how bad it is here because the uh, warping and stuff is, or the wrapping and stuff is terrible, um, is an episode on um, encryption using Gmail. And this is Ahuka uh, taking on this task for us, which I'm really glad he's doing, and how to do Gmail. I personally use Gmail via IMAP. And I'm only pulling in emails from Gmail now. I've more or less switched to Ken at Fallon.ie for all my correspondence. I didn't know it was possible to to do this uh, with the webmail interface. That There'll be times I might want to do that, actually. I do the same as you. I use an IMAP interface to, uh, to Gmail when I use Gmail. It's really useful. It's very useful. And I th- hope that this thing will... Uh, it's doesn't do was it encryption it does signing or it's not encryption i'm not really can't remember i can't it remember does one and not the other but anyway something to keep an eye on and uh, hats off to hookah for doing this stuff for us the following day in part of our podcast recommendation series with the big blue icon thanks to uh openclipart.org a hookah with what's on my uh podcast player version two Am I skipping over ones here? No. No, uh, you're good. Did we cover version one previously? You, you did, yes, when you first mentioned the, the icon. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, sorry, we forgot to talk about the show, actually. So, uh, very good. <laughs> uh, lots of Doctor Who stuff. Didn't know he was a Doctor Who fan. No, it's, it's, it's interesting looking at other people's lists of, of podcasts. It's, it's uh, fascinating. I'm just lining up to do one myself. Without yep. flooding flooding the market, don't want to flood the market with these things. But. No, actually, because I ran out of podcasts today with my seller uh, thingy, so I'm now um, listening to back episodes of Resonance Resonance Frequency Ham Radio podcast. Uh, whose founder started the Linux in the Ham Shack with uh, with our good friend K Five Tux, but okay. these um, these ones are quite good. This this series, there's no reason why. If you do a podcast series that in a year or two you can't do another one, like as What's in My Bag episode, uh, I did one that was in the backup queue that's coming up shortly, and I probably need to refresh it with all with the changes that has happened in my life since then. So the, these feel free to do more than one of these episodes if, uh, if you come across additional podcasts or additional stuff in your toolkit that you want to share with us. I was quite amazed at how many podcasts he was managing to squeeze into his time. I think my podcast list is probably about half that, and I struggle to listen to them all. Are you speeding up your podcasts? Sorry? Do you speed up your podcasts? Oh, yes, I do. Um, I'm using a podcaster on um, Android that's now got the multiple um, speed on it. But uh, even then, I, I can find it tricky to, to listen to them all. Um, 
but uh, there's certainly some there that I think I'll get hold of and uh, have a listen to just to check them out. Absolutely. He he. What was, what I found uh, interesting was that he was using Audacity to speed them up, whereas I use Socks, and you just put in Socks the input dot I don't know MP3 and then output dot org, and then you type the word tempo and then two, for instance. And that will speed it up twice, keeping maintaining the pitch, and that's really fast. Well, I mean, that's that's two two um, methods that I've I've not even thought about before. I'm just using the, the actual media player to speed it up as it goes. I have that now on my Rockbox player when I forget to do it, but I like to have all my shows sped up. Okay, then we had community news full of interesting topics. It was nice actually to get the the guys in from. Um, uh, a little northeast south first, yeah. Thanks. Yep. Cool. And the HPRQ status as well was an issue at the time, still is. Then we had Ducks Jam, and they were putting submitting a sample of their show for us to um, experience. Yeah, good. Enjoyed that. I enjoyed um, Andrew Conway's uh, section on astronomy. Um, in fact, I wrote to him and said, "Hope you're going to do some more for uh, for HPR." But I notice he's also done an article in Linux Voice on um, tracking comets with Python. I think it is. Oh, very good. So he's a one-time real astronomer. So must be good. Excellent. The thing about TuxJam that used to drive me nuts was the mixture because there's really good Linux talk and there's really good open source music or open source music, what am I saying? Creative Commons music. Mm-hmm. But I listen to my Creative Commons music podcast, obviously, at speed one, and my um, and my Linux podcast sped up to two. So the only... It, they really don't fit into my day then. So uh, now that I have Rockbox, I can speed up the talky bits. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. That's... Yeah. I can see your problem though, yeah. LibreOffice Calc Cells. Again, this he I really like the his approach to it. This is about where he barges in actually. <laughs> Doing a uh, um but are he this is a hookah sorry folks, for those of you not listening. Those of you new uh Ahuka does a LibreOffice series. He's up to twenty six episodes and he's just submitted another wedge up onto the website. And they are excellent. He's uh, just completed a very thorough introduction to Word, and he's now starting a very thorough introduction to LibreOffice Calc. These episodes could be given to any person um, at all and just um, have them sit down in front of the computer and listen to this. That is pretty much it. Uh, My brother would be one candidate for this, um, where he had... um, he was not a computer guy and uh, as part of a course he needed to do uh, some some calculations in spreadsheets and this would have been a very useful thing for him to do because his lecture did not explain the concepts very well at all. I like yeah, I agree. History. I was I interested in the historical aspects of it. Was it this one that Hooker uh, did the uh, no, it was the private booze one. Sorry, yeah, but that was also excellent about history. But uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, as you say, an, a, a, a leisurely approach to to it, not rushing through it and dealing with everything in great detail. It's something uh, is great. Something as simple as a one instead of one a. Mm-hmm. You know, you just caught somebody out there for four hours. Why is it? You know, it's always a one. It's never one a. You wanted to say something. Um, well, yeah, no, I just, I just really agreed with everything that you guys um, have uh, s- said on it so far. It's um, I really enjoyed listening to the writer um, part of the series and was really quite uh, interested when it moved on to Calc. Um, I use Calc quite often, um, so the first couple of episodes um, haven't been exceptionally useful because he's covering a lot of the basic stuff but in even then I will still listen to the whole episode just to make sure I don't miss anything because of the detail and quality that uh, goes into those episodes yeah I couldn't agree more couldn't agree more following day was uh, Linux Luddites episode 11 interview uh, Rob Langley 
and um, this is this was one I put up um, under the heading that this is a podcast that uh, people need to listen to if they're not already listening to, and the um, interview was absolutely absolutely excellent. He had some very very good insights into the GPL and folks. Little background, uh, little little word on the grapevine. Don't. Don't be surprised if you don't hear more related to this episode. Intriguing. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was good to hear the, the Luddites uh, on HPR. I, I do I have been following them, but uh, it's good to uh, to hear them um, and hope that other people will pick up as well. Yeah, I, I listened to the Luddites as well, and it was really good to see it get pulled out for the HPR crowd, because as, as you write in the show notes, Ken, it, it was a really good um, episode to listen to, and uh, the interview was exceptionally interesting. Yes, I was I was not... I, You know, you hear quite a lot about the GPL, and I've attended lectures from uh, various different people about it and you don't hear the other side of the arguments very often and this was a nice nice to hear that other people's opinions and matched with the uh, experience of use as well which was quite handy sometimes when you get people talking about it it can be a little theoretical but by matching it exactly to practice really brought home the issues that he was talking about absolutely absolutely and x1101 although if it's X, then that's hexadecimal, isn't it? So it should be 1101. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I think he referred to himself as X1101, so fine. Um, did his show with the patented uh, technique of putting a microphone in, under somebody's nose and forcing them to do it. <laughs> uh, yes, love these. I suspect we'll be hearing more from him in the future. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I uh, would like to hear more more from him. He's obviously a strong arch advocate, which uh, I find quite intriguing myself. Yeah, arch. Yes, I haven't uh, I haven't gone down that route yet, but I, I might do. I have um, done. I have done. <coughs> and what I'll say about arch and Linux from scratch, arch is brilliant because you know it's it takes the pain out of Gen two. And also the stuff that you learn is very useful because it's generic Linux as opposed to Gen 2, which tends to be more uh, BSD-type information you learn. But the problem I've had with... The problem I've had with um, Gen 2 and Linux from scratch is the difficulty in installing stuff. And the problem I've had with Arch has been the difficulty in maintaining it it takes a lot more maintenance you need to be a lot more on the ball than you would be with other distros and if you're being paid uh, to do a job and linux is something that you're it's tolerated so long as you don't waste any time as a result of running it then uh, it's better i think in that situation to use something that's a little bit more uh, controlled. Yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can understand that. I have I, to admit, uh, sorry, go on, Dave. Go on, Colin. Okay, I was just about to say that I, I have to admit I've not used Arch, even though I did play with Gentoo a few years back. And one of the reasons I haven't is probably because the extra amount of time in uh, maintaining it, um, it, it, it'll just be uh, too much of an overhead. And all the Arch users out there who are scratching your head out right now, you know what you can do is either come on the Community News Show next month and talk to us about it, or record your own episode and submit it to Habakkuk Public Radio. I would be fascinated to hear that, actually, because I I sat, I, I made and built a new machine over Christmas and um, sat for ages wondering what to put on it and tried to say several things. Ended up with Debian testing, which I'm pretty happy with, but I'd really like to to um, know why why I should have chosen Arch. So, um, yeah, bring them on, I say. Good on, stuff. A simil- yeah, on a similar note, it would be interesting to hear of people's experiences of uh, Linux from scratch as well. Mm, mm, yeah. Painful. That and the doesn't reason- make for a very long podcast, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason why we experienced Linux from scratch was painful was that I put my back out and... Uh, 
this was a few years ago when I first had back issues. And um, yeah, it's probably something for my, my how I got into Linux episode, but I ended up trying a whole go of distros on my laptop during that period where I was off at home. So <laughs> all, of, all of the distros were very painful. But it's a very, very useful thing to do. Very, very useful. It's something I actually would like to do again. Um, now that my you know uh, ambient knowledge of Linux has has uh, improved, if you know what I mean. Sure. Ambient learning, the process of listening to a podcast, not knowing podcasts about a subject, not knowing a lot about that subject, but letting it waft over you, to, so you until you start picking up stuff. I've just invented that term. It would be nice if it worked. Uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% convinced, but... Uh... Well, like, I'm listening to quite a few of the ham radio podcasts and I'm, and with the view to learning, to becoming a ham radio operator. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, they start off with lots of terms that you don't know, but then after a while you hear so many interviews about the various different aspects that you kind of pick it up. Yeah, I... Um... Well, I, I'm trying to because I'm I'm retired and got quite a lot of time on my hands. Uh, I determined to learn learn a new, completely new discipline while I, in my retirement. So I started off on the road to virology because I have a degree in biology. I thought, well, that would be something I could cover. Boy, is it is it hard? <laughs> it's really difficult. Pathology, um, so mm, virology. Uh, the subject I'm interested in is in is in um, viruses. Of the the kind that make you sick type. Wow. So uh, it, but it's really hard. You need to understand uh, biochemistry and uh, and molecular biology quite a lot. And uh, I do struggle. I have to say. I hope this will not interfere with your work on HPR. <laughs> of course it will. Alrighty, <laughs> alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. The next day, Keith Murray with a what's on my podcatcher and. Gosh, does this guy listen to a lot of podcasts. And a lot of interesting ones as well. I just added a few today to my um, to my podcatcher. He's also a Trekkie, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I like the way he did his show. It was, it was really, really well well put together and structured. I thought it was good. Show notes quite cool as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a good way to, to do that type of thing, I think. But uh, yeah, I'd, I've also looked at his list and grabbed a few, and I'm now up to eighty-six. Wow, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Must count how many I have. Anyway, I listen to more podcasts than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of those competitions. No, I no. When, when I was off at home, I wasn't. I had a big backlog log of them, and now that I'm commuting an hour and a half a, a day again, I'm horsing through them at no end of uh, no end of knots. Okay, C prompt. Setting up a Raspberry Pi, RasBMC. Uh, who, who was he talking to? Oh yeah, his friend Matt. Going through the entire process. And this was pretty cool. It actually sounded very, very much like how any project goes with Linux. Yo, you're going great guns. It's far faster than you thought. It couldn't be easier. And then suddenly they're like, they're gone for two and a half hours on some stupid driver issue. And then it turns out to be the power is not or something yeah, yeah. stream of consciousness this was I loved it go on Colin uh, uh, sorry Dave we seem to keep uh, clashing but um, it's uh, it was interesting for me to listen to because I run a uh, Raspberry Pi media centre but I'm using OpenELEC so listening to someone else have to set it up from scratch and have a bit more flexibility and it was uh, quite interesting but uh, like you say Ken they did seem to fly along and then get caught up at one particular stage that's always always nice to hear you know that you well it's, at least it's not me I also run open elect as well so simple and it works sure does have you moved to the beta yet? Nope, it's uh, it's for the kids. It runs. I don't touch it. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, one thing I do want to do is put on um, someday when I have time. <laughs> uh, I want to put on the uh, DVB-T and the DVB-S on it. I have two USB, a DVB-T antenna for Dutch terrestrial stuff, which we never actually watch except uh, when Sinter- Sinterklaas comes in. 
in uh, October, but that's also online as well. So, uh, yeah, and we watch CBBS on the satellite. So, um, I don't know. Someday it's on the list. It's well worth doing. I've got um, the terrestrial DVB on our one, and it's um, it takes a little bit of getting used to to begin with. But once you've got used to it, it's uh, kind of hard to switch back again. On this, on your Raspbian C. Um, no, it's on the Open Elec. Sorry, on the Open Elec. Okay, you're doing a show. Dave, make notes. <laughs> Requested topics. Excellent. There's another one that I can add to to the list of things that I ought to be doing. <laughs> you see this? You know, anybody who has problems coming up with stuff that uh, you think we would like to hear about, then uh, just come and talk to me for five minutes. No, seriously, I want to do that because uh, I am running Open Elec. And I want to connect to exactly the same uh, services as you. So cool. Let's do this. Yeah, I'll look to uh, put something together. Cool. Uh, HPR 1490. HPR at Nelf 2014 Part One. And this is cool. I like their. I like the at the booth show things. They were doing a great job of uh, getting interviews there. I thought. Yeah. Two in competition, was this the one when they were in competition? Yeah, it was. Yes, yes. I had a listen to the next video. <laughs> don't think they announced a winner, but it was really good to hear them going up against each other like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's it's like I'm, you know, I'd love to be able to have the cash where I could just, you know, drive around, do a flying rich and pick up everybody and we'll all head off to these, uh, to these shows. But, um, you know, you have at least the feeling of what the show felt like from the from the corridors with these sort of shows. So I personally like them. The next day we had Landier. Dave, help. I would. I think it's Landier. I think it's how he says it. Okay. Part of the privacy and security, uh, the heartbeat vulnerability, put it very, very much in uh, clear terms to us as to why uh, what it is and why it's important and why we should be scared and basically the mess that was heartbeat uh, couldn't have come at a better time yeah uh, impressed that he can do that while driving home I, I don't know how he did it <laughs> I, I have, don't have enough brain cells to, to talk about something as deep as that as well as drive but uh, applaud anybody who can we'll absolutely I think it might be worth adding the link to the XKCD um, cartoon on uh, Heartbleed as well, because that, that had supplemented quite nicely. Yes, actually. And it, uh, the corresponding license is approved, or they use a similar license. Cool. Yes. Um, somebody, can you make a note of that, Colin, to email me about uh, that? Yeah, definitely. Not a problem. Otherwise, I'll listen to this episode and hear it anyway. But yes, uh, nice one. One point that he mentioned was about the why heartbeat, why heartbeat was necessary when you had a TCP/IP session. But I understood that it could be to do with. I would have thought myself that a TCP/IP session you would terminate with the with the delivery of the uh, with the delivery of the packet, and then later on. A new packet would be come in. Would be say your heartbeat packet would come in. That would be a different TCP/IP section session. So uh, there you go. But then again, on the other hand, I've heard other people say that 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 not would not be the case. But again, I would not be an SSL expert. But this was a very embarrassing uh, vulnerability for the uh, for the open source community and proves that while many eyes with many eyes any bug is shallow but if there's only two eyes on it four eyes in this case um, it can be quite deep okay moving on with that depressing topic to something more light-hearted HPR at NELF 2014 part D. this time it's personal and we got a nice interview from a uh, Paul.com Security Weekly, which is uh, would be a recommended podcast if a little bit immature by times and bordering on the sexist. <laughs> At least raunchy. Okay. See, there was a there was a mumble chat with some guy called Ken Fallon on this one. Yes, there was. 
this yes there was which was interesting and weird to hear I must say <laughs> despite the fact I knew it was being recorded but it's, uh, it was still weird <laughs> quite nice it made it feel a bit more real alright the next gen is you Tlatu who'd have thought Tlatu was a gamer and he did two episodes on putting a steam machine together uh, first episode was concentrating mostly on hardware, which is a useful episode regardless if you want to build your own computer. And the second episode was more on the uh, on the games and the types of controllers and that sort of stuff as well. Yes, definitely an interesting uh, listen. Um, completely agree with you, Ken, in the fact that the first one going through the hardware was particularly useful whether you were setting up a machine for Steam or not. Um, but just understanding a bit more how um, Steam's going to go on the systems and how you can go about setting up one that would be um, useful to be able to use and play the games on was uh, quite handy. And it was uh, nice to hear Patu back. I don't remember hearing him for a little while on HPR. Yes, he's gone to New Zealand where the grass is green and he gets to work with Linux all day and then we don't hear about from him. No, I've heard, I've heard from him, so... I, I suspect he'll be around. I the thing actually with Latu is you don't hear him on HPR when we have enough shows, and if you hear Latu, it means we don't have enough shows. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> okay, that's a good barometer. And that is not an excuse not to send in shows just because you want to hear more Latu. And then open office calculations and formula bars, very again. Very useful explanation. And one thing that I've noticed about uh, OpenOffice uh, coming from Excel is the way it has of doing that click thing that you can click on another cell. While it's very useful, while it's very useful, full stop, um, it makes transitioning between Microsoft Excel and LibreOffice Calc quite frustrating. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I work in both... both um uh excel and uh calc a bit and yeah that is one of the biggest differences actually in your day-to-day working is uh setting up formulae and grabbing other other cells um i think this is a great example actually of what you're saying before ken about how you can put it down in front of people again i know it's kind of saying the same thing to a degree but listening to this episode i went back and opened up calc just to double check what a hookah was telling us and was sitting there going oh yeah i'd not noticed that before it's amazing you say that actually because i i i wrote notes to myself here saying there's aspects here that are there in plain sight that i had never noticed i had not used those um buttons that hookah pointed out partly i think because i'd come from other other spreadsheets way back in time where you didn't have that sort of fancy stuff you had to type it all into the cell so you just get into the habit of doing it that way but uh it was just so useful to to have somebody saying look see that thing there that's what it does oh yeah absolutely Uh, yeah i couldn't agree with you more and just by the by folks um if you think this is all text and or if you think this is all audio there's a link on every one of these episodes to a complete blog post with screenshots and worked out examples. For example, in this, using parentheses uh, in formulas about uh, priority and nesting and uh, given, um, what do you call that, Dave? Priority? I don't know what, you, what you, you're getting at. When you're doing a formula and you want four multiplied by five first rather um, than... You mean the old bod mass thing, brackets over division, multiplication, etc. That thing, the ordering of uh, of um, evaluation. Yes, ordering of evaluation. I don't know what you. I don't know what you, what term you're you're fishing for though. He used it in the thing. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, resolving ambiguity, uh, order of operations. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, the order of operations, whether mul- multiplication is first. So two plus three multiplied by four. Is it two plus three? first and then multiply the uh, 5 by 4 or is it 3 times 4 and then plus 2 using parentheses help that yeah I I think that's also another great example of um, the way Ahuka runs his um, introductions and how how, how he does his tutorials for beginners as well because I mean I work in an industry where mass is taken for granted and to be honest, sometimes if I'm teaching someone, I probably never have even have thought to take them through that. 
Yes, exactly. That's and that's exactly it, and that's uh, that's what I was saying earlier with my with my brother, who's you know. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's just not a computer guy. He doesn't work with computers. He works with like big engines and uh, big machines and designs them and makes them and stuff. But uh, the whole concept of a spreadsheet, the information he was given was just absolutely terrible, terrible. And I just wanted to say, go listen to this stuff. You know, unfortunately, this wasn't available. I would now just go go listen to this stuff, read the article, and you know within it'll be four hours of nice relaxing, a nice relaxing pace, and at the end of it you will understand exactly what it is, and you'll be doing it properly. You'll be you know using your sheets properly. And I completely agree with you, Ken, about going to follow the links through to uh, the tutorials on the Hookah site. I've done it myself, and it's certainly worthwhile going through and getting that extra detail. Yeah, if you're listening along on the train or something, it's definitely. Uh, have a little browse before or after, but don't just uh, don't just listen to the shows and not go. Anyway, enough about Ahuka. He The man sickens me. He's taken over HPR. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not at all. Um, Wiki on the Raspberry Pi. Mr. X, who's also taken over HPR more, uh, actually all the better. These guys can continue sending in shows and I'll be happy not to do more of my own. And this was setting up a wiki and various different types of wiki on the Raspberry Pi. And I know lots of people are familiar with MediaWiki and uh, other ones, but uh, these DocuWikis and Wikidot are really cool small wikis that take the pain out of making tea, really, of a website. They're just really nice, handy, note-taking uh, wikis. And they can all, a lot of them, just save text files and you just... Put that into Git, and you got versioning, controlling, and your you know your your backups and stuff. So I'll stop waffling now and let you talk. No, it was cool. I enjoyed enjoyed that one. Um, I'm always looking for uh, good ways of typing notes. As I've said before, I have no memory these days, so I like to write things down. Um, MediaWiki is great, but it, wow, is it heavy? Um, you know, and so these seem to be. Uh, a lot more um, approachable. Absolutely, yes. And uh, no, they're they're actually quite cool. I had a DocuWiki in work for a while, and then we moved off that to something else. But uh, they're just little text files and uh, very very light. Okay, so the next day we were only two more to go was Practical Math, which is part of the series Practical Math, and is explained so much about the traditional English-based or imperial uh, system and how to do the units and stuff. When uh, What I found interesting, actually, was the history of what a furlong is and why how a furlong relates to a mile and all that chains, for one furlong, one chain multiplied by furlong multiplied by ten shields, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I love that. And the history was, was my favorite bit. It's pretty cool. I love that stuff. I didn't know that. Um, when I was at school, I think I just missed uh, having to do stuff in rod, pole, perch, and stuff. Because a lot of the books we got given had had all those measurements in. He didn't cover rod, pole, and perch actually, but uh, um, chains and and stuff. Did he did he cover rods? I can't remember. No, but um, so. um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Oh, he did and cover rods. All, yeah, not I don't see poles in their or perches. Yeah. There's so many of these weird, weird things, and uh, I, yeah, I like the the history of of what furlongs are in relation to uh, oxen pulling plows and stuff. Makes sense. Very cool. Okay, moving on. Uh, personal Open VPN, John Dua- Durante. Du- Dura- Duart, I think. Thank you. Thank you very much. I traditionally butchering people's names. First episode, brilliant episode. Continue doing them. I will be using this myself yeah, okay. so will I. I'll, I'll, I'm, it's one of the, I'm looking to put to one side in order to uh, make sure I can make use of it and actually follow it through properly absolutely I'm doing lots of port forwarding at the minute which is fine but uh, at a certain point yeah kind of want to go okay I want to route all my traffic including stuff on my phone which doesn't really support it's just more of a pain to enter in a SSH key but anyway this is a very good episode. Okay, so that was that for the episodes for this uh, month, if I'm not mistaken. Am I mistaken, Dave? You are not. No, that's it. 
super. And without further ado, we will go and have a look at what's going on on the mail list. And the best place to find out that is if you go to the Hacker Public Radio website and you go to About and G Main Mail List Archive, click on that and you will get a page which will give you an interface to the HPR uh, mailing list, including RSS feeds, which are out of date and not working for some reason. Uh, I've mailed the guys about that over there, but seeing as it's a volunteer service, we should just um, allow them to allow them to fix it in their own sweet time. So a lot of traffic this month was with the uh, yeah responding to the something went wrong with episode uh, fourteen seventy seven, and if you want to uh, read that correspondence, have a have a little look on the website on the, I don't really want to cover it here uh, some discussion about the community news and about the usefulness of it and then there was a discussion whether we should put a reserve slot in for the community news and I think we all agreed that yes it was a community show so it should uh, have a community it should have a reserve slot and if you are if you want to be involved in that you can come on to the show itself then there was a discussion about the comments system so um this was an interesting discussion actually about the forums there are forums over on um that binrev who's a stank who's part of the binary revolution project who funds hpr uh, who funds the servers that hpr runs on um he uh, they have a forum over there and uh forum for every episode but we also have the common system that's on the hpr website so then there was discussion whether we should use the forums whether we should use the common system or whether we should use discuss um and i don't know if it was on the mailing list or not about the um the discussion about whether to use proprietary software or not did was that on the mailing list or did that come to me directly i don't remember seeing it on the mailing list okay so it came to me directly some people had um, more than one person had concerns about uh, running it on a proprietary software and running it on uh where accounts would have to be generated and where ip addresses might be logged so that is something that is of interest to me and on a by the by I mentioned in the last show that there was an RSS feed for the comments section, and as it turns out, I was wrong, not for the first time, uh, but I will rectify that. And I think Dave and I were thinking about this, or at least I was, and I was thinking that we could simplify the current comments section, the current comment system, um, d- doing it ourselves. Basically, there's a PHP library out there for sanitizing input and were we to do that and just put it into a table ourselves we could maintain the history of the old commons and basically switch over to this and then put a it would be similar to um it would be similar to the way we post a show only that it would go into the comments section so i think that would probably be the easiest thing to do thoughts i um yeah quite like the idea of of a of a homebrew comment system, but I don't have much of a handle on how big a job it is, but uh, it's got nothing to do with anything, really. Um, I, I think I can do it. It's just a, a question of time, but then it would be a question of time for any of the uh, any of the topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that we did do was put the uh, comments viewer, uh, make the comment viewer more visible. So the comment viewer is now under the P, and it's also under the uh, About section, Show show comments so the comment viewer we can actually go through it now about discussions um that were held last month when was uh whoops what month are we supposed to be looking at for april i think yeah okay so deep geek said happy april uh to the to the shows and uh 
Porky made the comments that uh, to his show uh, navigation that they updated the interface, so he's going to need to do a new show. And I replied, going yes. I also replied to uh, the John O'Bacon and Stuart language talk with Pokey relating to Ubuntu is not equal to the only GUI um, with my criticism from last month's show that uh, and essentially you can read it if you wish. Uh, Tony uh, says Tux Radar is now Linux voice and that was in relation to Ahuka. what's on my podcast player and I don't think we should um, criticize Ahuka because that show was in the reserve queue for a while so um, one major issue with uh, Tux Jam 31 episode 1484 was their um, misspelling of the word whiskey which as everybody knows is spelt with whiskey with an e w h i s k e y um the only proper whiskey built with an e brother mouse says the mouse pad in relation to what's on my podcast player um he uh oh yeah he speeds up his shows 20% so that it just sounds normal ct has a comment about Linux version um, in relation to Coffee Stain Studios and the Sanctum games is that you can now install the beta version of Sanctum 2 and try it out. It works really well. Cprompt says it's a good show to Keith Murray on What's On My Podcast Player. Delta Ray says there's a new desktop recording program in relation to TuxGem31 um, called Simple Screen Reader. Philip Marley says, background music, he asks um, Sigflip what music she's playing in the background of Genesis Music Driver, which was that 8-bit sort of stuff. Borgu says, great interview, and uh, this is in relation to Linux Logodites Episode 3. NY Bill says, oops, misspoke, and he just realized that towards the end of his episode this is something for episode 1503, which hasn't been released yet, so that's okay. Free, like GNU says, comments about uh, tattoos, the next gen is you, uh, saying PCPartPicker.com is good for exploding combos. Um, so more on that if you're in the show notes. And Anonymous says... The guy sounds like a teacher who should produce online videos with relation to Hookah or LibreOffice Calc, and I couldn't agree with him more. So, uh, the Audiobook Club had some requests for uh, Audiobook. They've, re- they've released uh, the... They have recorded Nathan Lowell's episode on the Showman tale, the Showman, and they're new book is something i want to know that and i can't remember it i will look it up called the crown conspiracy which i've just finished reading and it's read by nathan lowell so it's also very good we had a call for help with some of the series and x1101 and dave have started helping with that so basically that is uh, an attempt to clear out the series clean them up and uh if there's only two, one or two episodes in a series to, to take those, the series name and put it in the series tag so they'll come up in the tag cloud as opposed to dedicated series. So what you know will be a series will have a icon next to it. How does that sound, Dave? Sounds great to me, absolutely. So it'll have a description and an icon next to it will make it a series and anything else that doesn't is liable to be turned into uh, just a cloud. A cloud. That's not to say if it does it becomes more popular, it won't become a series in its own right. The the borderline between tags and uh, and series is a little bit hazy in my mind, but to to work on that a bit. But. I think what's on your what's in your toolkit, what's on your podcast player, these are series and then other stuff isn't. <laughs> if it it's a series if you know it's a series. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now I'll write some code to do that. Thanks very much. <laughs> Call for shows. We're always looking for shows. If you look at the graph on the front of, uh, well, if you go to uh, give shows and then calendar, 
you will see a graph and it's like a saw going up and down and up and down and up and down and we like it going up and down varying between 15 and 10 uh, days to the next person in the queue that's kind of the ideal getting down to five is a bit scary going up above 15 is fine but you should um you then have the option of spreading your shows out on another day so that you still leave a few free slots so we like the free slots around try and keep that around 10 so that requires people to be sending in shows all the time and if you notice that there's a big lot of shows that's come in spread your show out so that you're filling up weeks into the future but we always need shows we use a lot of them 260 shows a year uh 290 i don't know can't do the maths in my head somebody write uh, uh, some sort of logic for that so sending shows right now we only have um we have 10 days to the next show which by the time you're listening to that will be we have nothing um scheduled after this show so if you're listening to this show we just better hope that people have sending shows so sending shows always so other items on the news Kevin sent a link to a free software song mashup, which was quite hilarious, I must say, and probably uh, they um, also violated copyright on a whole go of other uh, <laughs> other shows. But have a listen to it; it's brilliant. HB Audiobook Club, yes, we've spoken about that. And then I put in out a request for people who are interested in doing a ham radio podcast um to get in touch uh people are around the topics explaining the electromagnetic spectrum to me and um, some people have contacted me directly with very good explanations it's becoming clearer but it's not a hundred percent uh clear to me and we had an email from our very good friend ct who has been who was official press up at the uh, Retro Spellmassen, the Retro Games Convention. So very, very happy to hear that. Our man in Sweden, as we like to say. And, oh, there was an email from me. We did, uh, Dave and I, took it upon ourselves to tidy up the database quite a bit. So um, quite a lot of... Um, People who have not contributed shows who were hosts have been uh, taken out of the database, essentially. And we've done some other cleanups. Uh, I've added on the... Um, I've added icons. So if you have on your host page, so if you go about and hosts, you see that there are icons coming in. That's nothing new that's been there for a while. So if you've had a Gravatar icon, which is a website on, out on the internet, I believe it's related to WordPress. And if you have an email there, it sends over a hash of your email address. And then if it's got an email, it sends back the icon associated with that hash. So it's quite good privacy. One thing that concerned me a little bit about the privacy of it was that if somebody goes to that page in the website, then Gravatar would know that all these calls are coming so that they would know that you're coming from Hacker Public Radio. So I was um, a bit concerned about that. So now I put in a script to download the icons once an hour locally to the server on HPR and they're served from there. So if you change your Gravatar icon, it might take up to 60 minutes for that to propagate. Make sense? Fantastic. Very good. And if you do not want to use Gravatar, you don't have to. You can simply email a PNG 80 by 80 to me, and I will add it manually to the file server. Also, I would appreciate it if people would send in a biospiel. Um, this is not intended to be a website. It's just intended to be a few lines about who you are, um, what, you, what your interests are, and a short synopsis. Basically, I have, I'm an Irish man living in the Netherlands. I probably could give it a little bit more. Something like your website, Twitter, Identica, Facebook, Google, plus LinkedIn, whatever, your email address, your public key, probably. I don't know, really. It's supposed to be a kickoff page where people can get more information about you. It's not going to be your blog, but it's going to be a link to your blog. It's the elevator pitch of who you are, and we can put that on here. 
there are, especially if you've got PGP set up, I'm interested in you putting in your PGP because I've been discussing this with some members of the community, community about um, how we could use PGP to have you edit these pages on the website without having to authenticate or whatever, use PGP as the authentication mechanism. But this would be kind of cool. The small sentence blurb will be put out at the um, in the episode, so on the RSS feed and on the website, which would have your photo and host ID and then, you know, something like, today's episode is brought to you by Ken Fallon. And then in, you know, brackets or, you know, emphasized text, Ken is an Irishman living in the Netherlands. He's a father of blah and blah and blah and blah and is interested in blah and blah and blah. That sort of stuff. What do you think? Yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. Certainly adds a, a bit more of a, a um, kind of personal touch to uh, what's going on, I guess, in a structured way. Yeah, I don't want it to be Google Plus or Facebooky. I want it to be people have control over it. So there's a small little thing that you say that you decide what it is, then you put it up and you choose not to, then nothing comes up. That's absolutely fine. And that it goes to your website. So that, and if you, that website happens to be your thing in Google Plus, well, that's fine by me. But you're making the decision. Plus, it adds a little bit of color to the to the website when you browse down. It, it seems like you know it's it's right now. I'm looking at how I got into computers with Charles and NJ, and it looks you know it's kind of nice having a little picture of the person there. And that is all I have to say about that. Anyone else? Nothing more from me, I think, other than uh, thanks for having me on for the community news. It's been good to be here. Thanks for having me on. As this is a community show, anybody can come on at all. People, you must understand this. I don't want to do this show. You have to come on and do it. And if it's uh, if there's a few guys in the US and who want to do it at another time, that's okay as well. It doesn't have to be me. Dave has written a... Dave, Dave has done a lot of stuff in the last month. I'm really, really... Um, thanks very much, Dave. It really helped me out with some of the database stuff as well. And a lot of things that have been bugging me for a long period of time have been resolved, except the uh, multiple host thing, which we're working on. I have proposed a very elegant, efficient solution, and Dave has slapped me in the face saying, no, it's crap. But I will persevere. Yeah, yeah, your uh, your your elegant. I'll have to do. It. We have to do an HPR on that actually, and have a wee discussion, a roundtable discussion about the uh, the delights of um, doing pro- proper map tables to uh, to join many to many tables together versus a sort of pudding of stuff that you fish around in with a stick. Right, is, uh, Dave. Yes, I'm uh, not no, the one who's know, completely no replicating. No, I'm not no the one who's completely replicating the entire database, hello. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, this is my life. It is. It's been an eye opener this month about how databases work. So uh, pretty cool. But uh, actually, we've done some other stuff like tidying up the episode, um, some of the other long-standing things. But no, you probably won't even notice some of the changes that have been going on. But I do. All right. um, There's a bunch. There's still a bunch to to be uh, to be worked on, but. it's been fun. I've had fun this, this past month. Yes, one thing that I did do was on the complete episode guide, um, we have put in now a the short one-line summary is in there. Before this, there was a time when we had the entire show notes for everything and it took an hour and a half to render. Um, now we just put in the episode title um, and the host and when it was hosted. But now we're also putting in uh, the short synopsis of what it is. And yes, I wanted to talk to you about this. Folks, I need your help. I want volunteers to go back and listen to old shows. And um, I want to split it up so that somebody listens to show X to Y and somebody else listens to show A to Z. Or That's a bad example. Somebody show, listens to shows 1 to 20, somebody listens to 20 to 40, 40 to 60. Yeah, so that we can take chunks and write this synopsis and get some keywords out of it and do show notes where there are no show notes, that sort of thing. Basic tidy up. We've got lots and lots of stuff that is not out of date. Um, 
that people are not aware of loads of stuff on SSH that I still go back to and you can't find the episode because they, there's no show notes there or there's no synopsis or we we basically need uh, we need people to volunteer to do that and for a limited time only you can avoid your one show a year thing by contributing to that effort and you might even get a sticker okay anything else folks hello no, no, nothing here, nothing here. Sorry, I was just dealing with my cat, who is uh, determined to come and join in this podcast. Yes, I thought I heard her from, from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's bored. She's not got... Uh, my daughter's away at the moment, who, and she plays with them more than I do, so she's saying, I'm bored. Play with me. It's the way of having pets. Okay, guys, I'm going to go, go and uh, say hello to my wife and do other stuff. Colin, do you have something to say? No, no, nothing more from me. Okay, Colin, uh, do you want to start off the free software song and uh, we can play us out? Um, if I have to. <laughs> Join us now and share. The software will be free. Hackers, you'll be free. Okay, folks, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public. Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.